Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. No matter who you are, we're glad to have you out here tonight uh, for Sunday, 6 o'clock church. Yes, we can celebrate that. Uh, <laughs> I hear the, the, the wolf cry. That's your word of life, Fondren. Uh, so we're glad to have you out here um, and so honored and privileged. If this is your first time here, let me say hello. My name is Joel. I'm the lead teaching pastor of Word of Life Church. And uh, we're glad to have you out here. Uh, we're in the middle, and it's been interrupted by a lot of different things, like Super Bowl Sunday. Did anybody else just get hurt by how that game ended with the Eagles? Like, right? Like, come on. Come on. Uh, so, anyway, I wanted it for Jalen. He seems like a good guy. Um, but Mahomes does, too, so I guess it all works. Okay, we have more Mahomes fans here, I see. I see. Okay, okay. Uh, so, but we've been interrupted a little here or there, but we're, we're back in the saddle and ready to rock and roll. The next couple of weeks, um, I'll finish uh, up our series on the Holy Spirit. I say finish up, we'll see. But for the next two Sundays, I'll be in the saddle. Then after that, we got Jabin Chavez all the way from Las Vegas. He'll be here on Sunday morning and then also on Sunday night. And I guarantee you that will be lit. Is lit still a word? And then, okay, lit still works? Does lit still work? I don't know. I'm very far behind. It's a vibe? Okay, so it will be a vibe. It will be a vibe when Jabin is in town. You don't want to miss that vibe uh, because it will be lit. Uh, (laughs) So uh, you'll want to make sure you check that out. But we've got a lot of good things in store. And we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about how to be led by him. What a scary world to live in where you couldn't hear God. And God wants to talk to you. God wants to be very real to you. Um, God wants you to be a sheep, and he wants his sheep to know his voice. Amen. Uh, God wants you to know his voice. Do you know how mad I would be if someone told my kids I didn't want to talk to them? And to think we have a, a large segment of the church that thinks God does not want to talk to his children. We're going to break open that myth, and we're going to talk about what God speaking to us looks like, and it's going to be an exciting journey uh, for that. And tonight, I I had uh, the honor and the privilege of welcoming uh, a guest that I've had the privilege of traveling around the world with and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this couple truly are spirit-led individuals. They know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, They are led and guided by God. And I'm excited for them to share their story. I'm excited for you to hear what the voice of God looks like in their life, why they make the moves that they make, what being led by the Spirit of God looks like for them. And I believe it's going to be highly impactful for me and for you. And so without further ado, can you help me welcome Matt and Julie Beamer to Word of Life Fondren? Good evening, Fondren. It's so neat to come. This is like amazing. This is more what we're used to, to tell you the truth. All around the world, we get to be in cool places and different places, so I feel very at home here. So it's so wonderful to be here with you, and we're so grateful for Pastor Joel and Miss Peppy. Oh, I'm just so grateful for them, and thank you guys. What a blessing to be under their leadership and to be part of what God is doing. Um, We got to experience... a just an amazing time in Turkey with Pastor Joel. And uh, our team in Lebanon was able to see the working of the Holy Ghost like they had never seen before. So we get to see the Holy Ghost movement on a regular basis. But people in Middle East, 
They've never seen the Holy Ghost work. And so it was so exciting for them to participate, see words of wisdom, words of knowledge. There's so much more when you have the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So it was wonderful for them to see. They'd never even seen somebody get prayed for. And uh, it, it was just exciting to participate in that and be part of that. And, um, you know, Pastor Joel was talking about being led by the Spirit. You know, as a wife, going into some crazy areas of the world, um, I am so grateful for a husband who, who I see getting down on his knees and endeavoring to hear from the Holy Ghost. So this is just a little marriage tip. You know, husbands, it gives your wives so much confidence and security you know, you're not always going to make the right answer. I know he's not always going to make the right decision, but I see that he's endeavoring on his knees to be led by the Holy Ghost and to hear his voice and to see him reading the word. And that gives me confidence to go in some crazy places that we go to because we go into some really weird and, you know, Hezbollah's down the road from us and, you know, uh, Boko Haram, these places are crazy. And so I love it that the Holy Ghost leads us, and he can lead you into dangerous places, but you're going with the Holy Ghost. Nothing can come against you. Amen? So I'm just so grateful for the Holy Spirit. And I just want to encourage you, um, this was in my heart as I was sitting there, is that you've got the greater one on the inside of you. And sometimes we think it has to be people that are preaching or, you know, that do the miracles. Let me tell you, in your hands, you have more power than all the world, and you just have to lay hands on people, and you will see them recover. You have to pray for somebody and step out where it's uncomfortable in crazy places, and you will see the power of God. You know, whenever I see somebody with a hijab or I see somebody with a burqa on, you know, at first I'm intimidated, and I don't quite know, but you know what? I know that there is a God who backs me up. He hasn't told me to heal them. He hasn't told me to do anything more than just be kind and to lay my hands on and pray for them. And did you know what? They'll always let me pray for them. It's amazing. They always let me pray for them. And I have seen so many miracles happen to people. And God backs you up. I cannot tell you how many times that Jesus has come to them in a dream. Uh, somebody has... Uh, told a story about how they were healed right after we prayed for them. So it's exciting to walk with the Holy Spirit. So I'm excited for what Matt's going to teach you, and it, it, uh, it's going to be good tonight. So come back and see me. Many of you know that I have the books. I don't want that just for adults' lives. I want it for our children's lives, that they can pray for the people that they see. They can pray for their friends. They can tell them about Jesus. This isn't just for adults. It's for, for kids. So come back and see me at the table afterwards. And uh, I'd love to hug your neck and say hi to you. Thank you so much. Fantastic. <clears throat> so it is a privilege, and we thank you so much. I love this subject. A lot of times we get to teach 20, 30 hours on this subject. So how long you guys got? <laughs> no, so we're going we're gonna, to um, believe God together that what he needs us to say, he says. And we don't have to go past that, right? Just what he needs us to say, that's what we want to say. So uh, a good model or example of, of being led by the Holy Spirit is, and Pastor Joel is phenomenal at this, is you, you watch them. You know, many times I try to encourage people within churches, don't just listen to what's being said, watch what's happening. Because you can learn a lot from what's happening. And Pastor Joel always is reaching down into his spirit, looking for that word, looking for that thing that needs to be said. And that may not make a lot of sense right now, what I just said. And we're going to help open that up so it does make more sense. Because where we're going to start is a foundation that will help us understand how God leads us. But I'm doing exactly that right now. I'm a different personality. It'll come through me different. Every person, God will work in you in ways that you understand, but he, and this is important, he will work with every person. There is a way. He understands you better than anybody else. He formed you. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He knew you before foundations of the world were laid. This is a mind-blowing thing. People talk about time management. God knew you before time existed. <laughs> you can't manage that. 
There was a purpose on your life before he said light. (laughs) And now you get to discover it. And in that discovery is where you find joy. One of the most empowering things is finding out this is what I was born for. And that's one of our passions as leaders is to help people discover that. So I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning. And we're going to start there. And I want you to watch what's happening as much as hear what's happening. Because I, I have a couple scriptures. I have a starting point. I don't have a middle or an end. The Holy Spirit's going to lead us together. And he's going to speak to us what we need for tonight. Amen. Okay, Father, we love you. We thank you. We join our faith with all the prayers that have been prayed for this service. And we say that our eyes are open and our ears are open to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to not speak of our own intellect. Uh, Pastor Joel has a desire that the stories that you have led us through in life, the leadership of the Holy Spirit stories that have saved us and protected us and helped us, that those would come out. Father, bring about the stories that are most needful to help us have the most understanding tonight. We rely on you, and we trust you for it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to start by laying a little bit of a foundation. And uh, um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, so, and this is from the New King James, it says, so God created man in his own image. You know, in previous verses, let us make man in our own image. In that word God, God created man in his own image. That word God is a, is a Hebrew word, Elohim. And Elohim is a very interesting word for God. Because it is kind of like, um, okay, so in school we have a class, right? And the word class, you think about the word class, it can refer to the building, the classroom. It can refer to the class as in a group of people. But in this Elohim is what's called a uniplural noun, uniplural noun. What does that mean? Una, singular, one, plural, multiplied. So that's what uh, the word class is. A class is a uniplural noun. There's one class, but there's many people in the class. And this is really important. This is the way we were created. God in creation was doing two things. Remember, he spoke and it was, and then he also formed And we see when he created man. So when he said light, what happened? There was darkness. The earth was without form and void, the Bible says. And there was chaos on the earth. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, that God spoke, and he says light. And what happened? Light came. And then he goes through, and God said, and God called. And God said, and God called. And God said, and God called. And every time he said, and it was called, what happened? Creation took place, right? Well, then the last thing he does is he, he, and God said, let us make man in our own image. Notice that, let us make man in our own image. So when do you think the creation of man happened? When God formed? Now, when did, when did he form the body? The creation of the dust of the earth happened previous in the chapter. And when he said light, when did light happen? God said light, and then what happened? I'm going to really dig into this. This is really important. You're going to see it, and there's going to be lights going on in your heart in just a minute. So he said light, and light came. And then he said, let there be the stars. And let there, he said, he said, he said. And it happened. And then, and God said, let us make man in our own image. What do you think happened when he said that? What happened when he spoke before? Creation took place, right? See, sometimes, and and this is why, this is one of the keys to being led by the Holy Spirit, is to understand the real you is not what you see in the mirror every day. When God said, let us make man in our own image, that's when creation of humanity took place. The human spirit was created, and God said. Just like when God said light, light happened. And God said, 
Let us make man in our own image. The said part happened. The creation was the result like every other time. But then he took something that had already been spoken into creation and he formed it, the dust. He formed it. He did two things in creation. He spoke and creation happened and he formed. He took dust, he formed it, and he took that which he had said and that which he had formed and he brought it together. And the Bible says that man became a living being, a whole person. So you existed before the formation. Adam existed in spirit before his body and his spirit came together. What I want you to see is the real you is not dependent on the physical you. And, and we could dig into this and really get into it, but I'm just going to go jump over to the New Testament. And I want you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And while you're turning there, and I really want you to look, you guys are doing great. You're taking all kinds of notes. I see people taking notes everywhere. This is, this is, oh man, I love this. <laughs> so um, I need three volunteers. Okay, one. And uh, can I, the big guy with the cap, <laughs> what's your name? <laughs> Come on up here. And I need one more guy. Yes, please. Come on up. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> I can't hardly see you, so I'm sorry. The lights are kind of bright, aren't they? Okay, what's your name? Charles? Charles? Joshua? Jamar. Jamar. Okay, now, Charles is the biggest out of all these guys, right? Are we sure about that? Okay, now, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to look at a model of a human being named Charles. We're going to look at him the way God sees him. You know, God said, let us. God is one God, three parts. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. A uniplural noun, Elohim. Like a class. is one class, but many persons. When he said, let us make man in our own image, he spoke that out. And then he formed and he brought man together. You are a spirit. That's the real you. You have a soul, that's your mind, your will, or your emotions, and you live in a physical body. And when the physical body is born, we name that physical body. So your mama named you Charles. Yes, sir. sir. And then Charles has a spirit, excuse me, the real Charles is spirit. So we're going to use this model, we're going to use Charles as the real Charles, the big Charles, (laughs) as the model of the spirit of men. So you are representing your human spirit. Okay? Then just for the sake, I want, uh, uh, remind me your name again. Joshua, yes. Joshua, stand in front of Charles here. So you're kind of in a line there. And this is, this is Charles' soul, and this is Charles' flesh. <laughs> so what you guys see when you meet Charles is Hey, man, how you doing, Charles? And Charles' emotions are like, man, I hardly like this guy. What is he saying hi to me for? You know, that's his mind as well as emotions are going on. And uh, this is the part that's the dust. And from dust, I'm sorry to say, you're going to go back to dust. But the real Charles, the spirit of man, the real you, that he, he exists. And you guys are attached. You're eternal as well. And you're like the middle man here. And you cause us all kinds of problems. <laughs> Charles, man, you, you, your child's emotions, Charles's, you know, mind and, and, and your will. And, man, Charles's will is a big problem. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> okay. So now I'm going to uh, change the model a little bit. And uh, I want you as the spirit, the real you, your human spirit, to be here. And then your soul. And I want you guys to hold hands. And then your flesh, your body. Okay, so what happens is, <laughs> you guys really uncomfortable? <laughs> you get, yeah, man, we're, we're family. We're family. It's church. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so what happens is, is. The, the real you, the, the thing that is the most eternal part of you, the thing that's the biggest part of you, the thing that's the most important part of you that is eternal and exists forever, your human spirit, 
is that's where God lives. That's where the Holy Spirit lives. That's where he speaks to you. That's where, how he uses to lead you. And so what happens is, is over here, our flesh has a voice too. And then our mind or will emotions have a voice, and that the emotions. And then our flesh is like the five senses. So um, now, let's see. I'm looking to see. Are you married? He's not married. Okay. We can use this model. Okay. So uh, Charles sees a pretty go- girl comes by, and, uh, and his flesh is like, ooh, she's cute. And then, but his spirit over here is like, wait a second. I've heard about this girl. She doesn't go to church. Come back over here. Now, because Charles has been really busy with work and life, he's not been going to church like he had been in the past. He's not been reading his Bible on a daily basis. And so the battle is won in the soul. And if the spirit... If the soul's been renewed, Charles's mind has been renewed, his mind will be like, that's right, man. There's pain on the other side of that. So we're going to pull our flesh back in line over here. But if, if Charles' soul, his mind, his will, his emotions, if he's been feeding on all that, you know, I don't know what they watch on TV anymore. But what's the Jersey something or whatever? I, I don't know. <laughs> Don't tell me what you watch, man. <laughs> he's, been, he's been feeding his flesh all day long for days and days and days. And, and then the flesh is, ooh, look at her. And he's like, yeah, look at her. And the two, the majority always wins in the battle. So what I want you to see is this. Is learning the spirit is more real than the flesh you see, and this is where the battle's won and lost. And when it comes to being led by the Holy Spirit, God doesn't lead you through the feelings or the flesh. He leads you from the inside. The Bible says he works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. He leads you from your heart. The Old Testament says it like this. God uses your human spirit like a light to show you the future. So the louder your flesh is, the more you feed your flesh, the quieter it is over here and it's hard to hear. The more you say to your flesh, no, 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 we're going to do it this way. And the more you're renewing the mind is where that battle is won or lost. But the more you do that, this gets louder and louder and louder. And listen, you can, just like you can train your human body by going to CrossFit or running or doing whatever, lifting weights, you can train your human spirit so that I'm telling you that you will miss pain in this life. The tactics of the enemy will fall short because God knows all things. And he'll move you in places and he'll cause you to miss things. And he'll enable you to make decisions that you would say it doesn't make sense. My flesh is saying this. My mind says this does not make sense. And I've made so many decisions in life that my, you know, if I were to go by human natural logic, it would be like, don't do that. But inside my spirit's like, this is the way to go. We pulled our body and everything that way. And as a result, we saw blessing where whenever I've not done that and I've went this way, it's always ended up in pain. It's cost me money. It's cost me relationships. So when we talk about being led by the Holy Spirit, I want you to see big Charles here. Not, not the body and not the mind. I want you to see this part. Amen? Amen. Let's give these guys a hand. Well done. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You did great. Great sports. Okay, so I'd ask you to go to a scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. I'm just going to read the last part of that verse. It says, Now may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see in the book of Genesis, God, who is one God in three parts, one God, three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, said, let us, plural, make man in our, plural, image, after our model, after our pattern. And then he creates us spirit, soul, and body. The body is dust, will return to dust. We never want to let circumstances or anything of this natural world guide us. We can get information from there, but decision-making happens from the real us. And when we let the real us make the decisions, it always leads us to blessing and to 
you know, peace and to joy. When we uh, get muddled up and we get frustrated and we maybe act too soon or you, know, you worry and anxiety and things like that. Fear was spoken about earlier, those kind of things. And we make decisions out of fear. Those things from that, we're acting out of our emotional self, not from who we are. Paul said it like this, very interesting. He said in, uh, in the book of Corinthians, he said, I, that's my spirit, the real me, keep my body under. And he's talking about running the race that God had set before him. He says, I don't beat the air aimlessly without purpose. He says, I run this race. I keep my body under. So he was led by who he is first. You are a spirit. I like to say it this way. It's been said this way many, many times, but it works really good. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I have mind, will, emotions, and I live in this physical body. This physical body is like an earth suit, or I like to call it like a space suit. You know, a space suit in the space station. Maybe you've seen a picture in the space station, and you see the space suit, and they'll have the astronaut's name on the space suit. They'll say, astronaut Joe, astronaut Jim, etc. Well, Jim is not the suit. Jim could walk by and look at his suit sitting on the peg, and then he could slip into that suit. And what does the suit let him do? The suit lets him go out into that atmosphere of space and, and survive. Your body is your earth suit. It's not the real you. So when a person dies physically, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The moment someone dies physically that's a believer, a Christian, that moment they are no longer in their earth suit. What would happen if that space suit got a tear in it? Astronaut Joe in that spacesuit would die physically if there was a tear in the atmosphere. It, the earth suit breaks down and it, you can't exist in this natural realm you're, the real you has to be separated from your earth suit unless the doctors can fix it up real quick. So in, in talking about fear earlier, when we are more spirit conscious and aware than physical conscious, you can just walk through life with peace and rest. The more, And one of the ways, if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the Bible evidence, speaking other tongues, that is a great key to be, being much more mindful of the things of who you are as spirit as opposed to the natural. Let's face it. This life, we are bombarded by all kinds of noise coming at us all the time in through these five senses of our flesh. And our mind, our will, our emotions are being attacked constantly. So what we do with our flesh and what we let ourselves see see and hear, it can harden or sear our heart, our spirit, the real us from being able to be sensitive to the leadership of the Lord. But the opposite is true too. And you can literally, just like you can train your physical body to be stronger and just like you can train your mind to have greater knowledge, you can train your human spirit to be much more sensitive into things of the Lord. So here's an example of that. Uh, some of you are going to think this is silly, but... Um, you know, many times when I have to wake up early, I'll set an alarm, but I'll set an alarm and I'll on purpose say I'm going to wake up five minutes before that alarm. Because I don't want the, the alarm to be the crutch. I want to be, I want to, it's like a, it's a, it's a training tool that I do with myself. Like I want to be able to wake myself up at any time. I want to be more sensitive on the inside. Um, there's been many times where the Lord has, where we were going in a particular direction, and if we would have kept going in that direction, we would have had experience of pain, but then the Lord said, um, you know, don't go in that direction, and it saved us. And then there's been times where, like I said, the mind says, don't do it, and we take it a step. I'll give you a quick example. Um, so, uh, our, we travel a lot, and one time I was going through Chicago, Air, well, I went through Chicago Airport already, and uh, I was staying with my grandmother. I'm from Michigan, Western Michigan. So I was with my grandmother in Western Michigan. And my wife gives me a, a call and she says, what are you buying? And I'm like, what? And she says, um, there's like $2,000 of video game stuff on our credit card. And I'm like, I'm not buying anything like that. 
And she says, I've already canceled the card. I think somebody must have cloned your card. And what had happened, actually, and it happened to her later on, is the same little shop in Chicago Air, uh, O'Hare Airport, someone was cloning cards. So I'm in western Michigan, and I have to go across to Detroit for a meeting. It's a two-and-a-half-hour drive. And she canceled the stop, the only card I have to get money on. And so I'm like, Lord, what should I do? And I kind of made this decision. It was like I had peace to make this decision. I didn't start by doing this. I had, you know, over the period of years, we've been in the ministry for about 20 years by the point I did this. Now it's been almost 30 years. So, um, but uh, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I have a peace about it. I'm going to get in the car and I'm just going to be led as I go. What does that mean, be led? I'm going to. I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I started worshiping the Lord had, and praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues as I was driving. Now, I know that I need to, to go to this place and go back. And I know I, don't, I do not have enough money for gasoline for that whole journey. But I got in the car because I had a piece about it, and I kept going. And as I was going, I thought, you know what? Someone's name came up on my heart, someone in another town. And I said, hmm, maybe I'm supposed to call him. So I called him. And he says, you're, you're in Michigan? I said, yeah, I'm going this place. And he's like, hey, you know, we have a service tonight. Would, could you come? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I think I could. I think I could make it. I was thinking my gas gauge and how far is it? <laughs> and so, <clears throat> so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to get there. So I did. After my other meeting, I got there. And I literally was on fumes as I got there. And um, I was a little bit late, so I didn't talk to anybody. I came in from the back, the speaker's area. They put a microphone. I went out, and I, I ministered. And afterwards, so what I mean by I didn't talk to anybody, I didn't have a chance to tell anybody ahead of time what the situation was or anything like that. And um, after the service, now I'm on fumes, and I'm like 150 miles from Grandma's house. <laughs> and they're like, do you have anywhere to stay? And I'm like, you know what? I hadn't really planned anything. They're like, come and stay at our house. Okay. And then they're like, a few minutes later, like, you know what's really strange? Because now when you go to church, a lot of times they'll receive an offering for you. But almost always these days, they take that offering and put it in the safe and then count it later. And the team sends you a check ahead of time. You know, they don't just come and give you cash and something like that. So I knew that going into this church, that's the way they did things. But they came out and they said the strangest thing. And this has never happened to me before. It never happened to me since. Someone had put a gas card in the offering. And they said, hey, here's a gas card. Could you use that? I said, I think I can, actually. <laughs> and uh, and uh, as a result of that particular um, evening with those guys, they ended up going out, launching, and starting a church. And there's all kinds of amazing things happened just because of that one evening. But you know what it was for me? It was a training of my human spirit experience. So there was another time. When I was in, um, now this is a little earlier, and this is one of the experiences I had that gave me the confidence to do that one I just told you about. Because right at, my son is 26 years old. My son had just been born. He was um, maybe four months old. And I traveled to East Africa from England where we lived. And that was before there were phones and ATM cards and things like that. And... um, Towards the end of my time there, I had to go from the capital city of Nairobi to another city called Nakuru, and I had to do a pastor's meeting for three days. And I had just enough money that I brought with me, and I changed it into local currency. I had just enough money to move from that place of, uh, where I was at and get a taxi down. And um, I didn't even know where I was going to stay, I don't think. And then um, uh, get the taxi back. Yeah, that's all I had enough is the money for the ride there and the ride back. And remember, like I said, it's not like I can call somebody and say, ask for help. It's not like I can go to an ATM machine or anything like that. So in the last meeting in the capital city of Nairobi, um, the Lord put in my heart, actually it's the second last, it's the last day, the morning meeting, put in my heart to give half of the money I had to another local Ghanaian pastor. And man, my heart was beaten. Talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. My flesh and my emotions were like, that's silly. Uh, you know, like I was thinking, I, I, can, I will be good to my word. I'm not going to not go and do what I told these guys I was going to do. They're planning on me coming. They have three days of meetings. I need to come. And so if I don't go to that, I'll be letting them down. So if I give this money away, I'm going to the meeting still. It's a two-hour journey by taxi. But I don't know if I'll ever get back. 
And I've just got a, you know, four, three, four-month-old baby at home in, in the U.K., and I'm like, uh, that would be really sad that, you know, 20 years later, people are asking my son, like, hey, do you have a dad? And like, well, he went to Africa this one time and just never came back. <laughs> so I, um, I did. I went up to this guy, and I, I put it. I was sweaty. And stuff. And this is the way I reasoned. This is, my, this is my soul now, but my soul's been renewed. So I reasoned it, and I'm like, well, I, I'm like, I believe. I'm not sure, but I believe that God is leading me to do this. But I know that God loves me. And I know even if I make a mistake and I do something I'm not supposed to do, God loves me so much he'll take care of me. Why could I say that? Because I'd renewed my mind, my soul, to his word. So I, I believed it was my spirit, but I'm still, I'm practicing, I'm learning these things. I'm pretty new at it. And this is a big deal. So <clears throat> if this goes wrong, it goes really wrong. So I, I put it real small, and I said, Buona Sofiwe, gave him a handshake and gave it to him. And his eyes got big. So then at the evening service that night, he says this. He says, I did not have enough money to get to where I, to get home. I had like 10 shillings, he said. And um, I put all of my, because all, I didn't have enough, I put it all in the offering and says, God, I trust you. And when I was left the meeting, a Mazungu, the white man, came up to me and gave me a handshake, and it was a thousand shillings, from 10 shillings to a thousand shillings. That was enough, it was like $20. That was enough for me to get home. And everybody, I mean, there's like a thousand people, everybody's like, yay, praise God, you know, the victory. And I'm like, yay. And I'm like, wait, he's going home. And I'm not sure if I'm getting home yet. <laughs> no, in my spirit, I had a confidence and a peace, but my mind was going crazy. And that's what I'm trying to show you. If you let your mind lead you, your emotions lead you, it'll, lead, it'll, it'll mess with you. But in my heart, I had a peace. So I, I went there. I did the meetings. And at the end of the meetings, um, the last day, like the funny thing was, is every day, three days, every day at the end of the, I would sit around talking to people and listen, I had been to Kenya many times. They had never once received me an offering, ever, ever. They just, they thought I was super rich. They didn't know I didn't have any money at all. And so um, I was shaking hands with everybody thinking, you know, God's going to give me a handshake. <laughs> and I'd give, like, I'd shook more hands than I normally shake. I'm like, hey, do you want to shake my hand? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, um, so that was the first day done, nothing. I'm like, Lord, one day's gone and, and nothing. And the next day I did the same thing, shook everybody's hand, no, nothing. And then the last day I was preaching and I just kept dragging the meeting out, giving God, let's all pray, let's all worship. Let's, <laughs> I'm just giving God the chance to minister. And by, I had to finish the meeting and finally turned it over to them, uh, to a guy. And the guy was about ready to close the meeting. And he says, uh, old man, the oldest man in the meeting, there's only like 70 African, all African pastors, 70 of them. And the oldest one there stood up and he says, I need to, my brothers, I need to talk to you. And he says, for the last three days, this Mazungu has been on my mind and in my dreams all night long. <laughs> and what he meant was, is God had been speaking to him about doing something. And he, then he started saying, now we know all Mazungus are rich. <laughs> And we know that he doesn't need our money. And he says, I had a cousin that went to America, and everybody lives in palaces. He starts talking all that. I'm like, be quiet. You were started real good. <laughs> and he says, but I believe we're supposed to receive an offering. He says, I know this is not our tradition. We've never done this. But I believe we're supposed to receive an offering for him. And they did. And uh, that offering was, I had given that 1,000, was 3,000. I had enough to eat chapates and ugali and a few different other things and make it home. And so... Thank God my son didn't grow up without a dad. <clears throat> Those experiences, what did it do? It gave me confidence as I took these steps of faith and trusted God. And I was endeavoring to be led by the, my spirit to do these things at a risk of something. And that you need to be careful not to step out into craziness. Start small and do some small things. But then fast forward a number of years and... Uh, the Lord told me our church in England was growing. It was the fastest growing church in the city. It had, we had 600 people. And in England, that's a huge church. We had three services. We had over 1,000 Muslims born again in our church over the last, you know, like 5, 10 years. And all kinds of things were happening. We owned our own buildings. A lot of churches in England didn't own their properties. We actually owned two properties. And it was amazing. And the Lord spoke to us and said, turn over all of this 
We had like 30 employees and said, turn all this over to our um, British associate pastor and move to Africa. And when we did that, we turned it all over. We moved. And when we went there for a three-month scouting trip, we arrived, my wife, myself, my nine-year-old daughter, who's actually here someplace. She's not nine anymore. She's, I won't say how old she is, but she's here. And, uh, um, and so uh, she was nine and Jonathan was 11. And um, I had $1,000 in my pocket. That's it. And I told the Lord, I said, I will not use credit cards in Nigeria. <laughs> And if you know, you know. <laughs> and it was, again, it was a thing. I could have used credit cards and could have dealt with all the fallout of that. But it was like, Lord, I turned over a church and all of this. And the Lord, as we, as we turned over, he says, you'll never have to give thought for your home, for education, or for transportation, or any of those things for the rest of your life. Now, he said that to all of us. Never give thought or worry, have any anxiety about any of those things. But it was like, as we sowed that seed, it was like we knew that God was going to really take care of that. And we're like, let's put him to the test. Now, I had already had all these other journeys beforehand. So it wasn't like I just started by doing crazy stuff. And we looked everywhere, and I had people on the ground looking for a place. Maybe we could stay. I was like, if somebody, because we knew people that knew people, like ambassadors and things, maybe there's someone out doing something. We could stay in somebody's house. Looked everywhere. We ended up having to stay in a hotel. And that hotel, now in the past, whenever I was there and I would minister, people would give me offerings in Nigeria. It's different than Kenya. And they would give me offerings. And it, we could, but man, now it was like when I'm like, yeah, we're moving, it was like nobody wanted me to minister. So by the, by the end of a few weeks, and, and Nigeria is expensive, guys. I mean, I thought living in England was expensive. It was very expensive, especially if you need a place that security has consistent power, stuff like that. And by the end of, the, end of a uh, few weeks, there was a bill that I was looking at, like, how am I going to pay for this? And while I was there, a man came and talked to, I had, I had a team member, he's leaving, and a man came in, an African man came in. And he heard what was happening, and he says, go get me the bill. An African man paid for the whole bill. And then, we, then the, the principal of the school said, hey, we're going away for Christmas break. You can have three weeks and stay in our place. So we stayed in the place for three weeks. And then I had like maybe two weeks that I had to go back to the hotel afterwards. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to the hotel. I don't want to have to have another bill like that. And the same thing happened where we did end up having to go back to the hotel. And at the end of those two weeks, I'm like, we need to check out. And I don't have the money to check out. And I'm like, but God, you said, but God, you said, but God, you said. And as a reason, it was, it took, I'm telling you, like, like we needed to go to the airport. And I'm like, I can't check out. I could have went with my credit card, but I'm like, no. Lord, you and I, we had an agreement. And a guy showed up with an envelope of cash like minutes before we had to leave the room and said, I felt like I was supposed to pay your bill. In fact, he said, I've been feeling like it for the last couple of days. And I'm like, I bet you were. <laughs> but I'm not saying that you should just take those steps. What I'm saying is I was able to relocate my family, give over a church and all the security of all those things, relocate to a place that when I went to the British consulate in the American embassy and says, what should I know about moving here? They all said, don't move here. It's dangerous. People die here. <laughs> and so, and uh, move my family and all the security potential risks and all that stuff and not have the money. I didn't do that because I, I, I like taking risks. I did it because I felt like Lord was leading me to take those steps. And even though my mind and people around me were saying, don't do those things, I knew it was time sensitive. I knew I had to step when I needed to step. And as a result of that now, there, is a Bible, there are nine Bible schools, and this is in 10 years' time. Nine Bible schools, 4,000 students, is influenced like literally tens of thousands of people because they're just taking that step. And we've done that over and over and over again. Um, you know, one of the things as we were there, we were, we were believing God. Uh, so we are now, uh, we took that three-month visit, and we scouted the land, and we fi- figured out what we needed to do. And we went back to the States and traveled around to raise some support. And we were just a couple weeks away from uh, needing to go back. And in Nigeria, like I said, it can be really expensive. And in Abuja, Nigeria, especially the capital, because all the embassies and everybody, they pay whatever anybody wants because they use your tax dollars to do it. <laughs> and so uh, it would cost sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 for one year's rent in an apartment 
times two years. You had to pay two years in advance. And she and I, we had like $5,000 in the bank. <laughs> and we're a friend, staying at a friend's house, camped out on a mattress, going around talking to pastors, believing God for the resources to go and to move. And she's like, Matt, we've got to leave in like just a few weeks. Um, you know, we don't have near enough money for a, a month, maybe, but not for a whole year and not for two years. Where are we going to stay? And while we were there, she had visited with one of the school uh, persons, and she had seen this apartment. And so while we were in that, having that, I remember we were in California going out for a walk, and we're talking to each other, and we're like, I don't know, but God's always taking care of us. And he said that when we left England, we'd not have to give thought for our accommodation, transportation, or education, because the kid's school was expensive too. And, and, uh, and we didn't have any of that money when we took that step. This lady calls Julie. She says, hey, um, uh, they were a British couple, and they had paid two years' rent, and they had about eight months left on their rent, and they said, we're leaving the country. We can't, we can't do this anymore. They had four kids. And Julie had been in their apartment, and she knew it. And she's like, had our, when she came back, she's like, we don't need a house. We can do an apartment. This place was gorgeous. She loved it. And I think God loves Julie, like, way more than he loves most people. <laughs> it's like, she's like, if I like it, then God likes it. <laughs> and... Uh, um, so what happened was, is, is she said, will you take over our lease? And Julie's like, Matt, this is perfect. And I'm like, to ask how much? And they're like, well, we want you to pay whatever it was, the $40,000, $50,000 in advance and pay it all up front and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, we, you know, we just don't have it. So two day, I had to tell her to say no. Two days later, the, the husband calls me and says, what do I have to do to get you in our place? I said, well, how low can you go? <laughs> and he says, how high can you go? I'm, no, no, that's not, the, that's not the conversation. How low can you go? And I'm like, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to negotiate you down. I'm like, I'm just, this is an independent thing. We don't have an organization behind us doing this. Uh, I need you to go as low as you can. And so he says, well, what if you paid monthly? I said, that is a great start. <laughs> That'll help. But still, that's too much. And, I, and uh, then, so we negotiated, and he said, look, could you pay $2,000 a month instead of $6,000 a month? And I'm like, that was a step of faith for me. Like, I, that's very fair. Yes, I can do that. We'll believe God for that. And I only have to pay the first month up front. Yes. And then he says, now, I had spent all this money, about $20,000, and made furniture and have all the drapes and all that stuff. And he says, I, I, I put all, the whole thing together. And he's like, I'm going to give you the keys, and I'm going to walk away. And I'm telling you, there was toilet paper for 10 years in that apartment. There was, there was you know, the, the silverware. There was, uh, uh, um, our kids had given away when, when we relocated from England, their, their Game Boys or Playstations, all that stuff. There was stuff like that there. There was TVs. There was beds with all the mosquito nets. And uh, there's just a time that it would take to do all of that and get all that in place. I didn't have to do any of that. And uh, so he says, what can you do towards that? And I said, well, honestly, I don't have it, but I'll give you $10,000, half of what you paid for it. So for $12,000, I moved into a $70,000 a year apartment, and then we paid monthly. And I was believing God for each one of the monthly payments in from Nigeria for Nigeria. In other words, I was believing God for, to preach in enough places that the money would come in. And there was a couple of times where I was like, I don't know, it was close. But God provided, but we got towards the end of that. And we knew we had to move. We, we were like, we could extend it one month and that was it because some governor from some state somewhere in Nigeria was going to come and, and take over the apartment. And they'd already rented it to him. And so we're looking for another place. And the first thing is, is we had started the Bible school office in that same place. And so we needed a place that was central for the office. And a lady called me and she said, hey, I was thinking about this. Do you still need a place for the office? I said, yes. And, and she's like, I've got the perfect place. She told me about it. And then I says, well, you know, honestly, I need to know what are the terms? And she says, love terms. <laughs> I'd never heard that before. What's love terms? <laughs> and she explained, she said, free. And I'm like, free for how long? And she says, well, let's do for six months. And I'm like, free is exactly how much money I got right now. So, yeah, we can do that. And it was a perfect, it was when the, the main prime location. So the office is taken care of. And because the office could be in the prime location now, we started looking out and around for other places. And we had found a place outside where the, the, the expats don't live, out into a, a place where literally the embassy workers would not let their kids come and visit us at our house. 
but I found the perfect house. And it was only, only 36000 a year times two years up front. And I had none of that. That's a lot better than seventy dollars or $80,000 times two up front. But I, had, I didn't have that. And so um, we're praying as a team and believing God. And someone, someone um, a Nigerian person who met my wife at the kids' school says, are you still looking for a place? And they called me. And I said, you know what? I think I found a place. And she said this, I'm sending my driver, which is an interesting thing to say. I'm sending my driver over with a check. Well, she said, how much is it? And I told her, she said, I'm sending my driver over for a check. One check took care of everything. And that's not the end of the story. It's, I'm going to finish there, but that's not the end of the story. It just keeps going like that and going like that. We lived there for 10 years, the miracles that took place. I never used my credit card once in Nigeria. But you know what? I learned that on a daily basis by training my spirit. Things like, you know what? I'm just going to believe I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. God, help me to wake up tomorrow morning before I'm supposed to wake up. Wake me up with my spirit, my heart. Little things like that. Listening as I'm driving down the road, trying to be sensitive. Praying in the spirit and saying, what way do I need to go? Being sensitive not to override through the flesh. Uh, 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 warnings and things like that. So I'm going I'm to finish by just going through a couple more scriptures. We could, we could tell stories all night, but um, I, want, I, I really felt, okay, let me, let me finish with this. So some practical aspects of this. I want you to imagine a pyramid. Pyramid is the strongest, you know, sort of shape. The base is the strongest. And Imagine a pyramid. If you're making notes, just draw a triangle with the, the base on the bottom and the point at the top. And the bottom, put a line through it and then put another line through it. In the bottom of that pyramid, I want you to write God's word. God's word. God's word at the bottom of that pyramid. The next portion, because you split that pyramid into, into three parts with two lines. And so the next, the middle part, I want you to put inner leadings inner leadings and then the top part i want you to put outer leadings outer leadings okay so the number one way are you there i know a lot of you do notes you got a pyramid you got the base it says the word of god god's word then it says inner leadings and then it says outer leadings and notice as it gets closer to outer leadings the pyramid you know, the, the space is narrower and more and more narrow. So at the top, it's just a small triangle where the, you might be even, it might be hard to write outer leadings in there. You might have to put it out here and put an arrow to it. And then inner leadings and then the word. The word of God is the number one way God leads his people. So God will speak to you every single day through his word. Daily. And then the inner leadings, what is that? Well, there's three that we like to talk about. The, the, the first, so if you take that inner leadings and divide that into, you put two lines, so you divide that into three. So the first one, the, the, the strongest one is inner leadings as in the inward witness. The Bible talks about in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, is how do you know you're a child of God? Through the witness of the Holy Spirit in you. If someone were to say to you, you can't use the Bible to tell me, and you can't use any other experiences, you just have to tell me. How do you know you're born again? You'd be like, I don't know. I just know. I just, it just, I know. In that same way, you just know you're a child of God on the inside. There might be times when you question it in your mind, but I'm talking about on the inside, you just know that you know that you know. Like if I were to say your name, my wife, Julie, you're not, your name not, you're not Julie. And say she's something else, she'd be like, no, I'm Julie. It's like you know that you know that you know that you're born again. that, That is that Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 16. The children of God are led by the Spirit of God. How how be in that their their human spirit bears witness. The Holy Spirit bears witness with their human spirit that they are children of God. That's how God leads us. So the word of God and that inward witness. And then there's the voice of your human spirit and the more authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. And all of those inner leadings, they all align with God's word. If something happens, you have an experience and it goes against what God's word is, that's not God, so you can judge it that way. 
Then there's outer and spectacular. Notice as, as the, the triangle gets smaller and smaller at the top, those things happen a lot more rare. So you don't want outside things leading you. You never are led by circumstance or anything like that. But sometimes I've had experiences. God will lead, uh, uh, communicate some things. There's angels, there's visions, there's dreams, the kind of outward spectacular things. Those things happen very rarely, but they do happen. But if they happen, they happen according to the inner leadings and in alignment with the inner leadings and in alignment with God's word. They never go contrary to those things. And Pastor Joel and others can build on these things in the future. But I want you to see that the number one way God leads you is through his word. And then through your human spirit, those inner leadings. And he uses your spirit to lead you and guide you in life. And so um, turn with me to Luke chapter 16. And I want to just draw, uh, I want to draw attention to you as a human spirit. And then also to the power, like how much we should trust in his word. As he leads us and guides us. So, for example, uh, going to, um, <clears throat> going to uh, uh, Nigeria as a family. Well, the Bible says go into all the world to preach the gospel. But even though there's a book in the, in the Bible called Matthew, I've looked at it. And it doesn't say in 2008 you're to move your family to Africa. It doesn't. I wish it said that, but it doesn't. So that's not in the Bible. So how did I know to do that? We knew it because it's just like in times of prayer, it was like it seemed like, seemed like on the inside, it's like something's not right. It's like we're supposed to release this and we're supposed to take these steps. The biggest decisions I've ever made, getting married to Julie and, uh, and uh, uh, moving to different countries, every single time, it's always been through that inward witness on the inside. But all of those times, it's been in alignment with God's word that says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And some of the most dramatic things that we've done have been just because it, it just seems right on the inside. Just the inner witness. Okay, Luke 16. Where did I tell you to go? Luke 16, verse 22. The time came when the beggar died. Talking about Lazarus. And angels carried him to Abraham's side. So the beggar died. A person died. And angels carried him. What part of him, spirit, soul, or body, was carried? His spirit. Yeah, they didn't carry his physical body. His physical body would have been buried in the ground. And then the rich man also died and and was buried. And in Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and he saw Abraham afar away and Lazarus by his side. And he called him. He says, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus and dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. So I want you to look at this later on your own because my main point's towards the end of it. But I want you to see your human spirit can recognize. Your soul's attached to your spirit. You can recognize things. You can be aware of things. And you can, dis- you can make decisions. Notice he has a tongue. He's talking about water. Dip the tip of his finger. Your human spirit has a, has a finger. You're a lot more on the, look like on the inside than you do on the outside than maybe what you think. You're not like Casper the Friendly Ghost out there someplace. So your human spirit has eyes. The Bible talks about the eyes of your inward man. Okay, I'm going to finish this up going quickly through this. Um, Talk about how challenging. Okay, verse 27. He answered, and then he says, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. He's exercising his will, even though he's separated from his physical body. The rich man is. Verse 28. He's... He's using a a critical logic. He says, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Look at verse 29. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. What, What does he mean they have Moses and the prophets? He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about the Old Testament. Moses is said to have written the first five books of the Old Testament. And then the prophets refer to many of the other books in the Old Testament. So what is, what is he saying? He's saying they have the Bible. <laughs> and then look what, I mean, he's arguing his case here. The rich man, he says, verse 29, verse 30, I'm sorry. He says, no, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And Abraham says, he said, you know what? If they don't listen to the word of God, Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone raises from the dead. 
So let's think about that logically. If someone you knew rose from the dead and came to you and said, um, hey, I was in hell, and I'm telling you, you need to get right and live right because hell's bad, what would you do? You'd be like, okay, who put something crazy in my breakfast or something? A lot of times, that's what happens, isn't it? People, think about the logic of what he's saying. Abraham says, look, they've got the Bible. Even if someone was raised from the dead and came back and said to them, you don't want to go, you need to change your life. Don't go where I'm going. He says, look, if they won't listen to the Bible, they won't look at this spectacular thing over here. And that's what I'm trying to show you in a very short space of time. The word of God is our source for leadership in everything of life. And if you really want to develop and train your human spirit, we have to renew our mind, the soul of us. And in order to be led by the spirit, this is the starting point. If we, you want to be led by God, but you don't spend time in his word and spend time in his presence, you're at a disadvantage. He doesn't have things in his word. Many times the Holy Spirit will lead you to scripture. And if you don't know scripture, he doesn't have as much to work with to lead you and guide you. The more you spend time in his word, the more your mind thinks like God, the more you spend time in his presence. It makes it so easy to do the crazy kind of things that he'll lead you to. And let me tell you, there's some wonderful things that he wants to lead you into. Wonderful things. The majority of the church is living way below what God has called us to. And he's laid it out so clear. But we're looking for the spectacular. We're looking for that angel, that vision, that dream, that prophecy over our lives from some prophet of God. But he's saying, look, the word is where it starts. And then those inward leadings. And then occasionally he sometimes needs to use the spectacular. But the word is for everybody all the time. The inward leading of the Holy Spirit is for everybody all the time. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for this amazing church filled with amazing people. I pray, Father, that in some way we help to build and sow seeds of life and light that pastors can continue to build on water. But because, Father, I know there's people in this place. I'm hearing what the Holy Spirit's saying, and I'm telling you right now. I know, I know, I know there's people in here who have a call of God on your life to be in business and to establish things that go against natural logic. And in following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, it's the only way you'll get into that place of prosperity that he has for you there's relationships he's trying to protect people from i know there's people in this place that he's trying to protect you from relationships and that illustration i used earlier i've never talked about it in relation to relationships i know there's people in here that there's relationships that your spirit your heart's been trying to get you to break off before i met julie i thought i was in love with somebody and i found myself for three months on my knees at four o'clock in the morning, didn't know how I got there, praying in other tongues. I wake up praying in other tongues. What it was it? It was my spirit getting me out of my bed and out of my flesh and out of my head. And man, I would have settled for someone so, 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 so below my incredibly beautiful wife that we've been married for 28 years, 30 years, <laughs> 30 years. Don't settle. Get God's very best. God bless. Amen. What a good word. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You know, I like to end with worship when we can. And of course, you know, at all times, no matter what service or church you're at, you're always free to go. You don't ever have to stay. We like it when you stay. It helps our confidence. (laughs) But you're always free to go. Um, But I just want to spend a moment and just worship the Lord, just let this word kind of settle in our heart. But one of the things that I sense like kept coming up is you don't have to be afraid of having a lack of provision. And some of you may be facing a big move. And the reason why you're not making that move is because you're afraid of not having enough provision. And others of you, you've made a big decision, but that fear has come up of like, will I have enough to follow through on it? And I want to encourage you, get in the 23rd Psalm, Psalms 23, 
and remind yourself that the Lord is your shepherd you will not want. That the same God who guided you is the same God who will provide for you. And you don't have to have a fear about anything. And if God is asking you to make a move, or you've made a move, believe to see his provision and guidance. Or like he had at the end of his heart, sometimes we, uh, in his heart at the end of his message, sometimes we stay in relationships or we stay in places because it's so comfortable. There's a provision of love or there's a provision of friendship or a provision of peace that is coming from something that is constant. But a lot of times, God asks us to step out of natural things that bring us peace and onto the water where he is at. And I want to encourage you, if God is calling you out of that boat and out of that thing that has made you comfortable, but is also holding you back from him, step out of that and watch what God is able to do in your life. Amen? Amen. So let's just worship the Lord tonight. Father, we come before you. We honor you. We thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you, Father, that we can have a steadfast confidence in you. You are our shepherd. We will not want for anything. You will provide for us. You will make a way for us. And, Father, we thank you. Your provision in our lives will be perfect, and your provision in our lives will be rich. We love you, Father, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord tonight.